Welcome back to the Value Adds Value podcast. My name is Kyle Krieger, and I am here with my co-host and co-founder, Wilkie V. Law III. We want to thank you for taking time to listen and share your stories with us. We appreciate you, whether you're listening on SoundCloud, on YouTube, on iHeartRadio, or on iTunes. We are a podcast for educators, created from a six-year conversation between us, two educators from different backgrounds and journeys that discovered that the true value in education is in the connections that teachers make with their students and the relationships that develop from that connection. The purpose of our podcast is to provide educators a platform to share their voices with others, make those connections, and to return value to the classroom experience and the teaching craft. Above all, we believe that when you add value to yourself, you add value to others. So welcome to Value Adds Value. Again, we want to thank you for checking out this podcast. If you want to connect with us, please feel free to find us on social media. We're on Twitter and Instagram as at value as value. And you can also find Wilkie and his teaching experience on Instagram and Twitter at its.will.law.iii. And if you could do us a huge favor, it would mean the world to us, no matter where you're listening, whether you're on iHeartRadio, iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube. If you could hit the like, the subscribe button, and leave us a rating or review, it would mean the world to us. But for now, we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Value Adds Value podcast. Hey y'all, it's Kyle. Sorry to take this quick break from the podcast, but we wanted to answer a question we've been getting a lot from people, and that is, how can they start their own podcast? For us, the easiest and best way to do that is through Anchor. We love the Anchor platform, first of all, because it's free. And as Eric Crouch has free is always in our price range. Secondly, the creation of podcasts on Anchor is as easy as we found, whether it's through your phone or through your computer. We also love that Anchor takes care of distributing the podcast. We are on so many more platforms since we switched to Anchor. Um, they have the biggest one, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, any that you really um, want your podcast to be on. Also, you can make money from your podcast if that's what you want to do with no minimum listenership. You don't have to hit these minimum wickets to be able to bring money in through your podcast. It, it truly is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So please, go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. Check it out to get started the same way we did. Now, back to the podcast. Welcome back to the Value Adds Value podcast. My name is Kyle Krieger, and I am here with my co-host and co-founder, Wilkie V. Law III. We want to thank you for taking time to listen and share your stories with us. We appreciate you, whether you're listening on SoundCloud, on YouTube, on iHeartRadio, or on iTunes. We are a podcast for educators created from a six-year conversation between us, two educators from different backgrounds and journeys that discovered that the true value in education is in the connections that teachers make with their students and the relationships that develop from that connection. The purpose of our podcast is to provide educators a platform to share their voices with others, make those connections, and to return value to the classroom experience and the teaching craft. Above all, we believe that when you add value to yourself, you add value to others. So welcome to Value Adds Value.
Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Value Adds Value podcast. My name is Kyle Krieger. I'm here with my co-host, Wilkie V. Law III. Will? What up, what up, what up? We are uh, super excited to super excited. our most invited. What's, I was trying to think how to say it. The person who's been on the podcast more times than anyone else. Most interviewed. Most, most interviewed. interviewed <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We have got our good friend from who was in Singapore, is going to be in Manila, but currently is in Nova Scotia. Gary Gray, <laughs> the podcast. What's up, my brother? <laughs> What's up, gentlemen? Man, I'm, I'm honored. I didn't know that. Yeah. I really yeah. did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, in about in about five, in about three or five years, we're gonna go back and look at all the people, and we're gonna, you know, we're gonna be able to say, you know, hey, I remember when, mm-hmm. hey, I remember when, mm-hmm. and, and yours is gonna be in, in that special category. <laughs> Dude, yeah, I love that. Yeah. I love that. I think it's yeah. it's it's so great that you guys have me on again. Like, I always feel. Uh, so comfortable talking to you guys. You guys are like family now, so yeah. this is nice. And that's, catch up, man. That's uh, you know, and that's the same thing too. You know, it, it's you know, you have your your Instagram community and those people who follow you, but then there's those few, you know, like we were talking before we started recording. You know, we've we've gotten to be family with a lot of the teacher heart out people, and I'm 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 crossing my fingers that next summer when you if you guys are back in Canada that time when they're in toronto that you and your wife can oh, can make it out that would be so dope um i was just to, to myself i was thinking last night i'm like maybe rather than doing like the two days in toronto if gary and <laughs> Aaron are out there maybe we'll just stay like a week in toronto and just see where the world takes us um hey we're definitely down for that definitely yeah. down for that so what I'm gonna, what my plan is is to carry a camera around and and videotape you videotaping the world so I so I can so I can be like I can be like your D Rock to Gary V. <laughs> Daily Gary Gray. No, I, am, I am down for whatever you. Hey, if you definitely if you're coming for sure, we definitely need to link up. That would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah, man. So why don't you uh, give our listeners? Let's see. So it was probably was it. Sometime in the fall we had you on last, or was it earlier this I spring? I think it was in the fall. I think it was fall. Yeah. 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 yeah I can't so, remember. Like, what did I talk about then? That is so long ago. But <laughs> we're talking. Yeah. Man, we talked about identity and voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Building identity yeah. and voice was the main, the main gist of it. So why don't you update our listeners on your... You know what's happened in you know, in the last say nine or ten months since we talked to you? Yeah, I think it's it's always a whirlwind teaching international. Like you, you feel like you're settled. You feel like you have things. It's kind of like a, like me and Will talked about a little bit like in the beginning. Like you get on this like airplane and you're feeling like you're doing a lot, and then you can you know that you have to continue to to find out what you actually really want in life or whatever it is your goals are. Um, but me and my wife packed up our things this year and we have boxes and everything's wrapped and we'll eventually be in Manila in two weeks, two, two, two weeks time now, which is mind boggling. Uh, we'll be starting this kind of new journey. Um, right now we're enjoying our summer as much as possible here in Canada. Um, it's just been nice to be around family, man. Like, right. Family is one of those things that you can never take for granted. Like I've been uh. spending a lot of time with my grand, like grandma, um cousins and aunts and uncles and it's just 
it's just like this cliche thing but like there's honestly no place like home like <laughs> you, you get to hang out and like you can be yourself like you don't have to turn on and turn off which is right, like right really right. really nice because right. it's, it's, it's not like family can you can be yourself around all the time and it's like they accept and, you they love you no matter what and it's like i'm not a personality at home i'm i'm just a person exactly you know like still that little kid that left (laughs) exactly and it's crazy because like you know like as educators um and people who are always putting themselves out there like you wear these different hats and you go home and you you don't even feel that anymore you don't feel any pressure to to you can make mistakes you can laugh you can do whatever you want and you know that there's no judgment um and it's it's just safe and it feels good so um and like and and like you said, and this reminds me of something I did want to ask you about. I, I did want to ask you some some questions about or talk just talk about your content creation because we, you know, in terms of content creation, we aspire to be on your level in terms of video and audio, the things you do. But you went zero dark thirty again. You usually do that like once or twice a year, don't you? I do. I do. This this year I went. I think it was like almost three weeks. Like it was like two weeks and some especially on our instagram it it was like it was amazing like i honestly felt so good just not posting anything um i took notifications off um i had a few people i had to check in with just some like personal things um other than that it was just nice like i think one of the things with social media is that you can easily get so wrapped up in sharing content um, and people expecting your content that you um, feel this pressure and this stress or this anxiety of doing it. Um, and I and I think one of the reasons why I do take the time off once or twice a year and really turn off, it's because of that. Like, I don't want to, um, I enjoy sharing content, but at the same time, I hate the pressure and the anxiety that comes with it. So um, it kind of helps me. Uh, understand that a little bit more and um, figure out where I stand with all of that. So, good. so you you just mentioned that creating the content adds pressure and anxiety, and we all know that being in the classroom adds pressure and anxiety. Mm-hmm. So, how do you manage those two? Like, yeah. I honestly have to put them into different directions. Where um, ideally, why am I in this profession? It's to help kids be better people. Um, uh, I think sharing my ideas and sharing my thoughts about what's important to other educators is important. Um, I think hopefully that it can benefit those who are watching some way, but I I truly believe that the youth and the kids growing up, um, they're our future, right? So my energy, I'd say 99% of my energy has to go to them. Like I have to make sure that I am constantly engaged constantly trying to give them the right content content constantly researching and making sure whatever i'm sharing with them is like the best that i can give them because they are the like i don't know they may be taking care of me someday they may be the person who's owning this company or this business that's multi-million dollar whatever like and those are the people that i want to know what equity is about that what diversity is about like I could, I wouldn't say I would carry less, but um, I think my content to other educators would have to come to come second to that. So just being aware, I think, for the most part. Yeah. 
Yeah, man. And it's, and it's difficult too. like, we, we feel that pressure and, and our following is not nearly as big as yours, but like, you know, we've talked about, you know, following Gary V and doing those things. And, you know, those people out there are saying, well, you gotta be pumping out content all the time and doing these things. And, and I know I put pressure on myself and I put pressure on him because, you know, we're trying to, you know, it's probably the thing I've had the hardest time wrestling with and Wilkie has to constantly remind it, you know, if, if we're going to make a difference at some point, we got to kind of, you know, we got to put ourselves out there and say like, this is what we're doing. We're trying to build a brand. We're trying to build a name for ourselves as someone who can, you know, make an impact on the teaching space. And I struggled to like explicitly say to people, Hey, this is what we're doing. And this is why we'd like your help. Um, and and I wonder how you you feel about that, you know, when it comes to approaching people for your podcast or, you know, the things that you do that sometimes can come off as I, I always worry that it comes off as selfish. Like I'm just trying to to get mine and, and go out there and get for myself. I think I agree. And Gary has been um a huge influence on all of my content and right. You, he is definitely some, like I've gone to see him twice now in Singapore and I've been lucky enough to, um, I guess one of the, he says all of these things and, but I also like if in between all of that, he's also telling you to take care of yourself. Like right. if you can't post four times a day on Instagram, then that's what you don't do. Like if you can't do all of these things, like that's like, you don't do them. Um, I think for me it's planning ahead is very very important um having those posts ready having those videos ready having that content ready previously which takes a lot of stuff on like the back end which is more work um but i i I, everything that i post everything that i share is scheduled like i know it's coming before i post it so i'm very rarely posting on everything on the fly is like extra like stuff on my story most of the stuff on twitter like it's all extra just because i i can't, i don't you, you don't have enough time in the day like you people you have families you have like you're in the classroom things pop up um but it's tricky it is really tricky because i i, I posted something the other day just about teachers um sharing or teachers coming out of the te- like actual classroom to be consultants which i think is amazing i think it's good for them um, and part of the reason why they've been able to do that is because of their content that's been on instagram or twitter or whatever it is and they're getting like this backlash because teachers or other educators are saying like oh here's another teacher going out of the classroom to kind of to make money which is not necessarily the case. Like you don't, I hate people. I hate judgment. Like you don't want to judge anyone because you don't know their story. Like right, right. I have no idea why they're doing what they're doing, what their inspiration is behind it. Um, you can only try to read between the lines. Um, and social media is an awful way of doing that. <laughs> right. So I think for you guys, and I think for anyone else who's pushing content or sharing their ideas, like, the hardest part is looking at the judgment of other people. Like, and as soon as you allow, like Gary talks about this a lot as well. Like as soon as you allow someone else to judge what you're doing and influence how you're doing it, you're screwed. Like you're it, like, it's going to easily stop you from being motivated or pumping out what you want to do because you're taking the opinion of someone else and you're allowing it to influence you. 
it's hard, but it's just the way of the world. And if you're on a line, you're going to be judged all the time. That's what it is, right? right? That that is it's part it comes part with the course. But if you think about it as educators, we're judged every single day by twenty exactly. to thirty kids every hour. Exactly. exactly. You know, and it is I mean, in society we're faced with, with with judgment. So it's it's almost to the point to where it's like that's something you should be developing a thick skin <laughs> for real early. And just saying, you know, I know I've adopted the fact that if it if it doesn't build me, it doesn't concern me. Yeah, it's not building me. I mean, if if you have constructive criticism, I'll take it. And if it's something that I know that I'm already struggling in, then I will take that into strong consideration and figure it out. But if I see you just, I mean, just just hate. I mean, I, 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 I to me, it it, it doesn't even. It's no different than the rain falling from the sky. I can't complain about it because I can't control it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like you just yeah. have to kind of let people go with what they're doing and what they're saying. And you're right. I could see how that line can get blurred. You know, I some people at my campus, because not a lot of teachers on my campus are into the social media. And, you know, when I got to this new campus, they were like, your, your Instagram page is not private. You know, teachers were telling me this. They're like, you know, you need to make it private. I was like, it was private for the last, you know, nine, seven, eight years that I had it. Now I'm going to make it public because I want to really focus in on bringing <clears throat> my kids into this environment. They're already there. Mm-hmm. They're already on social media doing things. So why not create an opportunity for them? You know, I tell my kids, be Instagram ready in my classroom. Mm-hmm. You know, I was talking with a lady the other day and she said she had in each one of her classes, she teaches high school. She has her own uh, job called a personal assistant. She gives this person her iPad, and that's who documents the things that she's doing. She's like, you know, every now and again, she'll give them a look like, okay, let's let's go. And they'll start recording, and she'll go into a flow, and it's not breaking. It's not creating anything. It's in that moment. But she has a student who's assigned that. And I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to have to have me a couple of personal assistants right. in the classroom to kind of start documenting that. And um, But I think it speaks to the mindset of a lot of teachers to say, oh, you're leaving the classroom to go do this, not realizing that you're leaving mm-hmm. one area to have a greater impact on more. Mm-hmm. If that's the case, if you're really being driven out of the classroom, and, and, I, and I say that strategically, driven out of the classroom, because what you're doing is having such a larger impact on a larger audience that you have to move out that mm-hmm. growth. Mm-hmm. then uh, to me, that should be applauded and celebrated because if you say they're leaving to make money, what's the biggest complaint most teachers have? They don't make they're enough money. Uh-huh. So <laughs> you get somebody who actually goes to find a way to, to, to monetize the things that they're doing still by edifying what they love to do. I mean, my thing is, you have a formula? Give it to me. You know what I mean? I agree. I totally. <laughs> totally. <laughs> So yeah, that's uh. But yeah, you know, I, you know, I, I thankfully I have not experienced any of the hate. I've experienced a lot of the judgment mm-hmm. about posting online. Um, you know, with teachers making you know side cracks. Oh, oh, you're the celebrity. You know, you're the you're the teacher celebrity on campus, and you're always on this and you're always on that. I see, but you don't see that. I had a parent during a project time who slid into my DMs to ask me a question about what their kids was doing because it was after hours. 
And I look at my phone at 845 and I'm like, oh, that's such and such mom. Okay, hey, this is, da, 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 I'm still awake. I'll be awake for, uh, for the next couple hours if y'all need more assistance. But they don't see that, that it's an actual tool that's actually providing a connection. Mm-hmm. And when you said when you said that <laughs> you got to read between the lines, social media is kind of blurred because they make the lines like that. Exactly. So we don't even see them. Uh-huh. We don't see the rest of the story. We don't even see the lines. We just see mm-hmm. the space that they're allowing us to see. And if you really kind of panned out, you'd actually see more of the picture. And mm-hmm. most people don't take the time to really pan out. Mm-hmm. It's crazy out there. It's so crazy. I've I've had the same experience, man. Like they if 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 they're not in that world, that like content creating world, like how would they know? Like wh- right. they, there's so many bad things that people say about social media and what it's about. I honestly believe, and I wish I knew what this would look like. But like kids need starting at whatever age, even if it's third or second grade, like they need they need classroom like time talking about how to use social media as a tool, not just like being safe online, but like how do you use it to share content or to create content or whatever the case Mm -hmm. may be? Because Mm -hmm. like almost every company is asked, like what are they going to to look at first, like to figure out who you are? Social media. Like exactly, (laughs) right? Um, You're a kid who starts a social media account at, I don't know, whatever age and you continue to keep that account like they're going to go back through your history they're going to try and figure out who you are through all of those things so why not have a classroom where you're already helping kids create good content or share good mm-hmm. content right um because all these jobs that we don't know about are being created and kids are going to have to be able to figure them out and if we're not talking about social media like that's insane. Like, <laughs> and especially, I teach at a middle school. So most of our issues in the school revolve around social media. Somebody said this, and they were doing this, and said that. Oh, she took a picture with such and such. Oh, they, they. And so all of a sudden, now you're forced to have this conversation. And my thing is, instead of being forced into the conversation, we're going to introduce this conversation. And I tell my kids this. I won't follow you as long as you're in my classroom, but I will allow you to follow me. And 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 that's that, I know that's kind of weird, because it's open profile. But I won't follow you until you leave my classroom, and then I'll start that communication chain with you, because I feel like there's something that I have to preserve. I don't want there's some things I don't want to know about you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to see this until I'm in a position to where I feel like I can really influence what you're putting out there. I can't influence you all the way but if i automatically start following all of them and i start seeing like some of them this summer i've had conversations with because i've started following i'm saying hey why you know we've had great conversations that you want to be a doctor why 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 did you just change your name to blunted angel or whatever it is Mm. or you know what what's the purpose in that and then oh well we were just playing around but you do realize that people are seeing this you're right they changed their name but if that would have been me at the beginning of the year seeing that and making that conversation, that would not probably would not have been well received. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But because they've seen me on social media, they've seen me partying on social media. My kids comment when we were on the boat and doing dance battles on Instagram Live. And, mm-hmm. you know, when I did my freestyle battle in, in a freestyle rap in, in, in Atlanta, you know, the kids saw it and they loved it. So it's like when you, when you present them with how you can use social media, and they get a 
again, they have to experience it. It can't be, hey, I'm telling you about this. They have to actually experience it. And once they started, I mean, I really agree with you that you start that conversation not from a force standpoint, but from a, a almost a necessity of, of life. Mm-hmm. And kids, kids will be better. Now, thank you for it in the end. I, I agree. I totally agree, man. I totally so, agree. You know, you, Gary, have been working a ton on racial equity and cultural responsive teaching. And you and I, that's been a ton of the conversation that we've had over the last year. And you mentioned in talking about social media that there's like blurred lines, like people don't see everything else. Like they they try to just read between the lines. So if teachers are doing that, you know, or people are doing that on social media, is it safe to assume that that's also what teachers specifically are doing to kids who are from those racially diverse backgrounds because I think the last time we talked I don't know if we got into you know understanding a student's context mm-hmm. but but I think how, we, a little bit but not I don't think we got really into it either. so so we we tend to use the word context like understanding the context of what a student is going through on the whole um with with everything they've got going. So can we just wrap a little bit about, you know, the work you've done, the things you've read and kind of the direction you're taking? I mean, because for me, looking for a new job, I've really shied away from schools that I know are going to be predominantly white. I want to go to a place where I can have an experience that's diverse. I've interviewed at schools that were primarily, um, Somali. I interviewed at a school that was primarily Hmong, and then I've interviewed at some other very diverse schools. But I'd love to just hear you know you talk about the work you've done and 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 what you think is important when it comes to um, understanding the students we have in our classroom. Yeah, I think um, for any, I think this is I guess more personal than anything, but I, I share it a lot because I think it's important. Um, for anyone who is actually looking for this type of work or understanding of this work, um, you don't have to go out and and, and buy a book. Um, it's not going to help you that much. Um, if you can't afford a book, like social, social media, <laughs> like we just talked about, is this funny place where people are consistently every single day sharing what good teaching is, um, or their ideas of good teaching. Um, So a lot of my PD comes from, I think some of my most powerful PD has come through just online interactions with people who are, um, they live and breathe equity and trying to help kids who are um, unrepresented in the classroom, in the world. And that's what I try to, I try to pull from them every single day something new Um, and it helps continue to help push myself as well like I'm in a very privileged place in regards to teaching like I'm teaching kids that come from for the most part a lot of money and um, their their parents and their financial they're very financial stable in regards to their living and I feel like I'm in a position where I can really help these kids. And if they can, if I can take these kids and help them understand that other part of the world, that can be super powerful. Like, because we feel like a lot of these kids right now are going to be in powerful positions. So if we have these people who are in powerful positions, understanding what equity is, understanding that there are people that are 
struggling that need to be represented, like that's going to impact the world in powerful ways. So um, I use a lot of teaching tolerance. Um, I think they are like a huge platform that I think people um, still don't know a lot about, but they are consistently pumping out information. Um, I think Instagram's a hard place to... I feel like Instagram, unfortunately, is going down this place where it is, there's a lot of people there um, and people can get lost because there's a lot of, um, how do I say this? Uh, a, lot of rain, a lot of rainbows, a lot of gumdrops <laughs> and balloons. Um, and unicorns. And unicorns. Um, and, and this isn't an act on teachers or educators but like you can really get lost in if you're a new teacher like what do you what do you do like you don't know where to go on social media to find like what what's going to help you actually in the classroom and you see this classroom that's beautifully beautifully decorated um beautiful anchor charts and like all of these things and don't get me wrong like I was used to be one of those teachers I used to always just try to emulate um that attraction towards kids that's what you're going to do right um, but I think going online, finding like your tribe of people to figure out what it is that really matters in the classroom and diving in like head first and being able to like look at what's really happening in the world and how is what you're doing in the classroom being influenced by that. Um, I think we have a hard time and sometimes we forget that kids at all ages are able to talk about being fair. Like something we go through all the time in life and whether it's at the lowest scalar level um, to the highest um, we just forget that there's so many different ways of showing that um, there's a lady online named Julia um, and she does a lot of stuff with like uh, NCTE which is National Conference for English Teachers for Teachers of English and I built a relationship with her just through like being on Twitter and she's a part of this group um, that um, online they talk about like disrupting text and they are these ladies who are just phenomenal and they share this content about um, how do we get to kids um, who continuously be marginalized how do we help other educators be more aware of this and every I mean every single day they are pumping out content that is valuable um, and their notification, my notifications are on all the time and you're just constantly listening to people that like spend hours on researching. And I think people sometimes think like, where do I get this information? It's like, it's literally right there for you. Well, you know, can, can I just stick a pin right there? Because you just said something that I was debating with in my doctoral class the other day. Uh -huh. um, because I get a lot when I bring fresh research to, to to planning and to the campus and to teachers that a lot of people get number one they're like like you said where do you where do you where do you get this information from mm -hmm. number two i get it oh he thinks he knows it all number three is are you trying to be an administrator but i think that the gap between the research about education and all the things around education and the educators it's so, there's a huge void between the number of people who actually read the research and the people who, uh, who need to apply the research. Mm -hmm. Because there are things that just happened within the last 10 years in brain science that has allowed us to take 
in the brain research and learning and cognitive development that that kind of pushed us light years ahead, but no one in the classroom on the on the ground. It's like you create this brand new weapon, but your boots on the ground don't know it, and they're getting their tail kicked because they don't know this information. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's so like, mm-hmm. how do we fix? How do we get to? Because research is boring. Let's just be honest. I mean, uh-huh. I think Good to Great was probably the best. Uh, the book Jim Collins. That book was all about research, but it was put together so well that it was like a good read, mm-hmm. even though it was just nothing but research. Most people would probably have gone to sleep on the book uh, if it hadn't been told in the way that it was told. Um, but how do we get teachers to that point to where yeah. they, they're actually looking at the research? It's hard. Like, I think that's what it is. Like, we ha- how do you, what type of research is it? Like, if it's, uh, I, I finished my master's about a year ago now, and it's, they're asking you to do research on topics and like, what do you, what's the first thing you do? You find, try and find a book or you try and find some sort of uh, article. Um, and for me, I'm a visual person, right? And I think I can't just look at something and read a bunch of words to really understand it. I have to make a diagram. I have to connect it with other things. Like I need all of these things. So why, why is it that research research has to be, Kind of put in this box of like this is what research looks like it looks like going online finding an article going online finding like a newspaper um and part of that is like, that's what it like if some that's what it is like that's the only way to get that information sometimes right mm-hmm. um but i think as time progressed and like we evolve as well i think research is i think research can be considered so many other things as well like in the classroom, I tell my kids all the time, like research is looking at videos, it's talking to other people, it's having interviews. It's like, it doesn't have to be um, what it used to be like back when, um, because like you said, it, it, you'll get bored and you'll just check out and you won't be able to understand everything you want to because it's not the kind of content that's going to be able to help you. So it's hard. I don't, I don't know if I know that answer. I really don't. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's so, it's so funny that you mentioned being very visual because I'm also a visual person, but I don't know if I told you the story. So it must've been five, six, seven months ago that I realized that I'm a very audit, like auditory person. And Will can continue about this. Like I'm, I'm the word Wilkie usually uses flighty. Like my attention is all over everywhere. And one day I was sitting with my girlfriend, we were sitting on the couch watching TV and she started to talk to me and I was like, I just wasn't paying attention. She hits the mute button and I instantly divert. And in the matter of 45 seconds, I forget the TV's even on. Mm-hmm. She turns the, the volume back on and I'm back zoned in and I tested it a bunch of times and my distraction is not as visual. It's, it's auditory. So, you know, for me, going to a place like a library where I'm sitting there reading and there's a bunch of people all over and it it makes sense as to why I I struggled in college. But like in terms of research, too, like I listen to audiobooks and podcasts because that's how I best digest information. Mm-hmm. And and I think, you know, that's that's you, know, you talk about research. That's where I struggle because I, I struggled to sit down. um you know, the time it would take me to listen to an article or something versus the time it would take me to read and really digest it in the same manner is not, they're not even, even, even close. I mean, like I said, I learned so much 
your the episode of your podcast with Britt Hawthorne was like I've listened to it like three or four different times just to try to take everything I could out of it. And there, you know, like you said, the people that are doing the work, and you know, we're we're very blessed to be friends with Liz Kleinrock, who's doing a ton of really good work in that space. And um, I mean, you would know a bunch more names than than I would, but 